Oh yeah, you're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 150 with Michael Conley. And today, amongst other things, we're talking about stinky cakes and why boring is the key to success. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? This is Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. And I have to tell you, I had a hard time titling this episode because there were so many different options. Now, obviously, I went with keeping it simple and boring to live your life of abundance. I did that in part to pique your interest, but also because... Quite frankly, that's just the way it is. And Michael and I get into that conversation of why boring is often the best path to success. And I've heard this many times from many very successful people just doing the same boring things over and over and over again to realize success in both your vocation or your business. It works either way. And as usual, I'll share more of my thoughts at the end of the conversation. Now, if you're brand new here and this is your first time tuning in to the Men of Abundance podcast, I want to personally welcome you to the Men of Abundance podcast. And if you're a man, I would also like to welcome you to the Men of Abundance community that is hosted on Facebook. Just go to menofabundance.com forward slash members or just click on the members only tab at the top of any one of the screens, any one of the pages at menofabundance.com. That is where we're having more in-depth, more deeper conversations about some of these topics that we talk about on Men of Abundance and anything else that you bring up. I look forward to seeing you over there and introducing you to the rest of the community. And I want to give all of you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing Men of Abundance with everybody that you come in contact with. I have done no paid advertising whatsoever and we have grown pretty moderately. I'm very happy with the way that Men of Abundance, the community has grown and the listener base of Men of Abundance. I think last I looked, we're in 61 different countries being downloaded, which really blows my mind. I'm very honored. And I just want to get the word out and get the message out to more men and women because about 40% of our listener base are women. So be abundant in your day today. Don't hold on to this information. Don't hold on to these conversations. Pay it forward by sharing it with everybody that you come in contact with. And if these conversations or the community is making any bit of difference in your life, I would greatly appreciate some feedback either on the website itself, in the community, or on iTunes or whichever podcast player it is that you're listening to. Those ratings and reviews in themselves help people find men of abundance so that they too can get in on the conversation. All right, let's bring out our feature guest. Michael Conley is an entrepreneur and author who has written the best-selling item for CEA, his book, Launch and Stand Out. He was named one of the top 40 under 40 in Massachusetts Business West magazine. Michael is one of the top entrepreneurs in his craft. He started his own business from the ground up. He knows what it means to motivate people to success. Michael has been featured in Boston Herald, Black Enterprise, Inc., NPR, and Virgin. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Michael Conley. Michael, welcome to Men of Abundance, man. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Appreciate it. 
Brother, it is my pleasure. And as we were talking there during the pre-show, we figured out that Greg Walker had introduced us a while back. And we were originally scheduled at one point. I don't know. I don't remember what happened. So much has happened in, in such a short period of time that uh, we had to reschedule. But here we are, man. And I really dig what you got going on, brother. Thank you, man. Hey, nothing before it's time, man. Every time. In, hey, we, 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 on, we think we're on time, but we don't. So this time is the right time. That right there is a mouthful. Absolutely 100%. So before we get too much into the show, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Michael? Man, you know what I realized a long time ago, and I'm talking like when I was a kid, man. You know, I, I my, my my grandmother, she lived across the street from a, from an orphanage. And uh, as a kid, man, I realized just another day of life is a blessing. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you start your day understanding that, hey, I got another day to get it right. You, you're already good because hundreds of thousands of people didn't wake up this morning, man. So that's the I always start with that. I'm just thankful to have another day to go to, to give it a shot. Man, that is for sure. And as of that, we're talking today, today, this is being recorded on the 2nd of October. And just last night, some people that I personally know, um, I'm not going to mention any names because it's too soon. Uh, we're in Las Vegas in Mandalay Bay last night, and there was a mass shooting um, last night. And I have not read the reports this morning yet. I don't start my day out with stuff like that. But as of last night, the reports that I was getting from friends of mine and people that I know on Periscope, Facebook Live, all this stuff, uh, it's not a good, it's, it's not good. So, you know, you can be anywhere, anytime and anything can happen. So what you just said really rings true for me this morning. And I thank you for saying that. Uh, it's true, man. You know, I, and I, I feel sorry for those people. It's, it's really sad what's going on in our world, but you know, one day at a time, man. Yeah, absolutely. And we can't let it stop us doing from what we want to do and keep rolling forward and adding value to other people's lives. It's true. So before we got started here, I talked a little bit about what you do, and we're definitely going to get much more into that because I absolutely dig. Literally, I I don't know if you've ever termed it this way, but it's just in my mind, I term it a literal rags to riches uh, story because, and we'll get more into that here in a minute, guys. But uh, Michael, here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the person behind the abundance. And so what we'd like to do is get a little bit more personal and let's hear a little bit more about who Michael is, and um, we'll get more into what you do in your kick in the gut moment here in just a minute. Yeah, I mean, so like who who I am, and you know, I always tell people, man, like I'm I'm a, I'm an island boy. I was born and raised in the Bahamas, and I just really had a big dream since I was five years old, man. And sometimes I say that to people, and they can't really grasp that concept, and I just have to make it extra simple. So all, my big dream was to own a successful business in America one day. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have no crazy foresight or nothing. It was simple. My stepdad had a pest control business. Um, and I was I was privy to the books because I was with him when he was, you know, collecting his money. And I always realized he made way more money exterminating the, the one grocery store on the island, the, the four or five restaurants on the island. You know, uh, the the two, three hotels on the island. It was like big money to them. And we would spend our summers, you know, in Florida or somewhere in America just to relax. But I saw what I thought was, you know, there's hundreds of hotels and hundreds of restaurants and hundreds of grocery stores. 
So I always said, man, if he had his business in America, we'd be, we'd be doing really, really well. So as a kid, at five years old, I said, hey, one day I want to have successful business in America. And I just, I, I didn't tell anybody that. I just knew it was going to happen. I just kind of did the work to make that happen. And just, you know, success is a daily grind. So I keep working. I never tell myself I'm successful because I don't ever want to settle. You know, there's something about folks from the island, and I understand that there's a lot of entrepreneurial mentality. Even those who are employees have an entrepreneurial mentality. I've talked to quite a few folks from Jamaica, the Bahamas, uh, Caribbean, all over the islands, and it just seems to be a theme that everybody in the family, even if they were employees, when it, like like yourself, when any of the folks that I talked to said, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to do this, they had full support which I really dig because a lot of families, they don't like when their kids decide that they're going to go on to be an entrepreneur because it's not what they did or they tried it and didn't make it. And you talk a lot about fear and all that kind of stuff as well. I've heard you say some of this stuff, but what is it do you think that is about folks that, that live in that environment and, and in those parts of the world that there's so much entrepreneurial mindset? You you know you know the big difference, man. To be honest with you, bro, and it's is like it's quite simple. The difference is back back in the islands, we don't have an uncle that could save us. We don't have Uncle Sam. So mm. like, if if you don't work, you don't eat, right? So so what happens is you just start to develop a mentality that I'll do anything necessary, legal, honest, ethical, mm -hmm. to take care of my family. Is that if I gotta go pick up some some conch shells. And, 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 and cut the conch out and sell conch salad to the tourists all day to feed my family. I'm going to do that. If I have to, as you, if you go on the island, you see little kids, they, they on the, on the traffic lights um, with, with some Windex and some newspaper and they cleaning people's windows or they selling newspapers or whatever it is. But they, they're not doing that to really be entrepreneurial, man. They're doing that to eat. So mm -hmm. when you, so when you have people that come from stuff like that and then you put them in an environment like America, Whereas the free enterprise system and you really could sell anything to a whole lot more people because like even selling those newspapers or those peanuts or whatever on the street in in Bahamas, like, you know, you hoping, you know, 50 people buy your peanuts in America. If you imagine, imagine standing on a busy street on, in America. I don't think this is legal, but just, just go with me here, like standing on the, on the, on the busy street selling peanuts. You're going to sell 50 in like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, what happens is when you move here, you just you just see the magnet, the numbers, the numbers is so different. So you know that's what it is. So when you put when you put someone in that kind of environment with with the opportunity that America lends, man, that's why you see so many Caribbean people and, and international people um, um, come here and become entrepreneurial because you kind of just used to doing that on a small island. So that's just what it is, man. And that's why I always tell everybody, like. The best thing any American entrepreneur could do or business owner could do is is have an ambitious have an uh, ambitious immigrant's eyes or mind next to him, because those two kind of opportunities put together. See, because here's the difference too: the American system it's it's so much faster and so much more efficient, and the island system is sometimes slow and laid back. Um, but when you like merge those two kind of mindsets together, it becomes unstoppable, bro. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you started out talking about when I when I asked you that question, it was it's interesting that you brought it up that way is that 
you you brought it up that Uncle Sam, there's not an uncle there to help to help them out, to bail them out, uh, and to even help them in any way, shape, or form. And lately, I've been on this huge kick. I've been studying poverty. Now I've been all over the world, and I've seen true po- true poverty, uh, and I'm sure you have as well. And and I say true poverty because a lot of folks in the United States think they're poor, and I grew up poor. But not as poor as what I'm talking about, where they're making one to two dollars a day, right, at, right, at, right, at best. And I, I think of places like um, uh, Haiti, for instance. Now, Haiti, for for many years, they have been receiving aid, and they've been getting help. And I guess you could say help from Uncle Sam, but other countries too, not just the United States. Been let's take rice for instance. They've been getting loads and loads and loads of rice. Well, before this, all this free rice was coming into the country, they were normally eating one to two. They were eating rice one to one, two to three times a week, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a commodity at the time. Before you know, people started throwing all this rice at them, and I could say the same thing about cotton and 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 shirts and clothes and stuff like this. But let's stick with the rice. There used to be guys down there that had their rice farms and they could sell their rice. Well, now that there's free rice, nobody's there to buy any rice. No, nobody's right. going to buy any rice. And now they're eating rice two to three times a day because it's mm-hmm. so available. And I'm bringing that up because what you said really struck true with me because I've been really paying so much attention to what poverty is. And one, they don't need as much help as you think they do. What they need is connections. What they need is one one study I've been watching closely is how cell phones have affected the poverty in a positive way because now they're connected to instead of having to walk 20 miles to find some medicine for mom and realize that the store is closed, they can make a phone call and even have it delivered. Right. You know, that saves so much it's, so much productivity. I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but it really is on the top of my mind and it makes a lot of sense in what you just said. Yeah, we know what it is, man. Like, like, I, I, I and I don't, I, I never take poverty lightly because I understand. But, but when you have an abundance mindset, right, and you understand that you're in, you're in, in control of you, and and this is why, like, even in my in my courses and everything that I teach, I always teach business in a simple way because everybody always talks about, oh, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be a billionaire, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's that's great. You have to have the big dream. You have to have the big goal. But you have to start with start where you are. So if you're if you if you're only making thirty thousand dollars a year, right? Don't start talking about a million and a billion. Start talking about okay, how can I make thirty thousand independent of a job? So like when you come from a when you come from a place place of poverty, a first thing you should be thinking about is how do I how do I cover my expenses? How do I take care of the things that I need to take up take care of? And that's kind of where the, the real poor people in the world, that's what they start with, their basic needs. Well, how, how do I take care of this today? And then once they have that figured out, then how do I double that? And then how do I quadruple that? How do I, you know, 10x that? How do I keep going? And then next thing you know, that person's out of poverty. But that person did it by, by betting on themselves, not hoping or wishing for a handout. That's, those are good. Not, I'm not saying that's not good. That, you could help, you could help, but don't. The second you put your success or the second you put your future in someone else's hand, you just you just acquired yourself a, a, a master and you don't you don't want that. You want to be the master of your own destiny. 
Absolutely, 100%. I completely agree with that. And a lot of these guys, for instance, uh, many different countries I looked at but and still looking at, but Haiti is one that the guys down there are going, look, guys, we it's not that we don't appreciate your help, but we've been getting help for so long, we no longer help ourselves as a yeah, nation, as individuals, and many of them want to. Yeah, it could, like, help could literally paralyze you because it makes you complacent. And that's why I say, like, when you... I, you know, okay. Let's. I, I'll take it away from from Bahamas or Caribbean or, or, or a poorer country. Like I look at those kids in the subway in New York selling the, the chocolate, right? Like those kids are betting on themselves. They go, all right. Well, I need I need some sneakers for the basketball tournament. I need this or whatever. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take this box of candy. It's scary as heck on that subway. I mean, there's some of the most ruthless people uh, when it comes to like saying no um but i'm gonna still go on there and i know listen i gotta talk to ten thousand people uh and and nine thousand of them gonna tell me no but a thousand of them gonna tell me yes and i'm gonna sell i'm gonna sell some candy right and that's what those kids do but they're they're betting on themselves like they're betting on themselves that's what entrepreneurship is that's what business ownership is that's what you know i tell people all the time like being an entrepreneur, being a successful business person, they, they, that's just you betting on you. Instead of spending that money on that scratch ticket, you spend that money on you. Like, just, just improve something daily and then make money. Yeah, and bringing up the candy story, you, <laughs> I like that you brought that up because you, uh, I saw a video, I think it was your auntie or somebody, was talking about you and your mom had a candy, st- candy uh, business, but wasn't doing the marketing for it and you was bringing in all your friends and and going out and making sure that that business was uh was thriving uh can you tell yeah. us a little bit more of that i was digging that story yeah that was my mom in the video that was my mom in the okay. video i know she looks super young but that's, yeah, that's my mom <laughs> beautiful my whole my whole life people would ask me my mom's my sister she loves it mm. <laughs> so no so what happened with that was i was nine and my grandmother, man, she would fly over to Florida because her sister lived in Florida, and she would go to BJ's and Costco, and literally she had what I thought as a kid, as a nine-year-old, was this room full of candy, like it was limitless candy. So I would, I, and she, my grandma just had a sweet tooth, so the candy was for her. Oh. But she would come back with like, yeah, she would come back with like flavors of nerds and you know, this other stuff that we didn't have on the island yet. So I would just take it to school and give it to my friends. Like, yo, you got to try this one. This is, you know, it's a new thing. What I didn't realize was I was doing, I was doing marketing. I didn't know it. But, um, so the kids just kind of started to keep, they kept coming to me, coming to me for candy. And I was like, and I always say, I wish this part of the story was cooler, but I, I got so tired of these kids asking me for candy that I was being a jerk. And I was like, one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to get them to stop asking me. So I said, Hey, I, I sell it now. And I thought that was going to get them to leave me alone. Hmm. But business, but, 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 uh, thankfully the first set of kids were like, okay, well, how much now? So the, the, the pack of the nerds said 50 cents. So I said a dollar and they started giving me money. So, um, I was like, whoa, I have something here. So what I, my first business decision was to tell these people I sold out. Um, and the reason I did that was because I knew they had little brothers and little sisters. So instead of making one, two dollars at school, I was making three, four, five dollars at the house. And my grandmother had no idea this was going on. So I I did the work and I every piece of candy that she had, like I, I wrote it on the on the list and I doubled the price 
because I knew eventually she's gonna be like, Mike, where's my candy going? So like one day, and I, <laughs> Wally, what I would do was I would sit by the window and watch the kids come towards the house, and I would just run out to them and sell them the candy outside, and I would come back in and get what they want and go back outside. You know, so my, they didn't know. They thought I was just playing with my friends or whatever. <laughs> And then, so I said, okay, I wrote the sign up, and I was like, this is my big moment. I was like, either either my grandmother's going to become my business partner or my candy business is done. So I, I did all the work and made it easy for her to say yes. So one of the kids came knocking at the door and said to me, reaching him outside, and my grandmother, I was playing all, I was playing like I was sick. So my grandmother says, oh, Mike's not coming outside today. He's sick. So the kid looked at her like she was speaking a different language. She's like, no, 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 Mike, no, I'm here to buy candy. She was like, buy candy. So I, when she when she had walked by me, I kind of slipped to the, the sign like it was a baton, right? She didn't know what it was. She probably thought I wrote her a note or something. Um, I said, Grandma, look at the sign. So she pulls out the sign, and she realized I did all the work. So my heart's racing, like, doo 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 So she, and when I saw, my, I saw her go and get the kid what she wanted, I knew he was good. And my grandma, that's how we started our business. And she ran that, she ran that candy company until 2005 when she passed away, man. Like two years later... Two years later, when I was 11, she left her job as a waitress um, because she was making way more money selling candies to the kids in, in the neighborhood. Like, as I said, like 2005, it was like I don't know, 20 something years later, she was still selling candy. Man, that is a, that is a much better story than I even thought. That is amazing. I absolutely love that. That is so cool. That's <laughs> I just love it, man. That's freaking amazing. So. Right now, we're going to get into uh, Mr. Stinky Cakes here in a minute because that's an even. A, I can't wait to hear more about that because I, I know a little bit about it, but I can't wait to hear more about that. But before we do, along the way, I know that you've done so many amazing things, and that's just an amazing story, and there's others as well. But I know you've had some kick in the gut moments. Everybody does, uh, especially those of us who are moving forward and, and trying to make things happen in our lives and other people's lives for that matter. So if you would, share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that. Yeah, man, I had quite a few, man. But, you know, the biggest one, the biggest one, well, I'll tell you two of them, and I probably think of more because they keep, they always come. But the first one, man, believe it or not, was was when my parents got divorced, man. Like, mm. like my stepdad and, and my mother, like, this is my family. That's all I knew. Like, you know, we were big family, warm, loving family. And and it almost seemed like out of nowhere, man, they got divorced. Uh, you know, my stepdad had some stuff going on, crushed my mom's heart, whatever. And, you know, and, and you like, you're 15, 16 you know, A, B student getting ready to, you know, move to go to college, you know, and, and you have your whole thing planned out. And then there's this divorce. And then you're like, now mom can't do it on one. <laughs> mom can't do it on one income, man. You don't know. You don't know what's. This is, this is always hard for me to talk. If you don't know if. If. You don't know where the meals are coming from. You don't know where nothing's coming from, bro. My my senior year in high school, man. Like I like I was a kid. Like I never really wanted anything, Wally. So my so if I wanted to, my mom would always get it for me. So I always got like video games first, and you know, Nintendo and Sega Genesis, all that stuff. And I always I was always one of the first kids in Freeport, Grand Bahama, that had the, the new the new Jordans. Like Jordans used to come out like October thirty first, something like that. And my mother she used to. She used, she used to work at a, a, a travel agency, so she used to get these tickets, and she would fly over to Florida, you know, grab a pair of Jordans for me that Saturday. I'd be, wearing, be able to wear them to school on Monday, and, like, everyone's like, yo, Mike, I see the Jordans. That was me. 
And so I go from having that kind of lifestyle. Not that we were wealthy. Like I said, I just it's just that I, I never wanted anything. All I ever wanted for the year was the, was the two pairs of Jordans. Um, but I go from having that option to like my senior year in high school, I had to wear the same uniform from the year before. Like we couldn't afford it. Like it was like money was super tight. And, and um, but I think that was one of the best things that happened to me because it helped me realize that, you know, there's no reason to be materialistic. And, you know, you got to look at the things that you do have. Like, even though I didn't have the like the, the little, and it was a silly thing being able to get the Jordans. I had my I had my mother and I had my sister and, and we had each other and we knew what I knew what I, I I for the first time in my life I really understood what love really was. Love was never about things and I think that moment that moment the reason I said it's one of the best things that happened to me that moment is what helped me appreciate my wife more today. That moment is what helped me appreciate my sons more today. That moment is one of the reasons why I'm a foster parent and give back today because. You can't buy. You can't buy love. You can't buy the things that are going to truly make you happy. There's no way to buy it. There's no way to buy it. There's a lot of people driving around in in Lamborghinis and Ferraris, and they look to the they look to the right of them, and there's an empty seat, or they look to the right of them, and they don't know if that person really loves them. Like that moment where after the divorce, like I, everything was gone, man. I thought I thought I could like for a long time. Like it's good, and even now, like my relationships with people right now, like I'm always there's always somewhat of like a reservedness as, as open as I am it's always like okay this this relationship could end because of that divorce thing but but that that was that was a kick in that was the, the divorce was a kick in the gut man but like I said every negative quote unquote negative always brings a positive so you have to look for the positive um and then um the second one was when my business stinky cakes was rocking man we was doing really well and then I ended up in the ICU because I wasn't taking care of my my body, so I end up high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, diabetes. My blood sugar was like almost six hundred. I was about to be in a diabetic coma, crazy stuff. And then uh, that lesson taught me time is the most valuable commodity because my biggest my biggest dream um, is, and I should say at the time was which I'm living now, but was to, to, to be like the next, to be the next Kaufman and, and just teach entrepreneurship and spread entrepreneurship all over the world. And, and when I was in, when I was in ICU, I realized like, bro, you're not, this, this is my dream. I was going to do this in my sixties. So my, my mind was like, bro, if you got, if, if you got to teach people entrepreneurship, man, you better do it now. Cause sixties not guaranteed. And that's when I kind of put my my main business, Stinky Cakes, on the back burner a little bit, and I I took a job at this place called Job Corps, um, where you know it's, it's young men and women, sixteen to twenty four. So my whole thing was, well, yeah, I'm gonna just go in here and I'm gonna teach these young, because with Stinky Cakes, we were delivering a lot of baby gifts to a lot of you know single moms, and it was it was kind of bothering me. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go teach these guys how to be men, you know, take care of their responsibilities, which I did. Um, but they, they started Googling me and they go, Hey, mister, why don't you teach us how to do this business stuff? You, you, you own a business. Why don't you teach us business? And, 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 uh, that, that kick in the gut moment from me sitting in the ICU saying, bro, if you're going to help, go help. That's what, that's what spiraled into my, me writing a book, launching stand out, 
which which turned into launchingstandout.com where I teach people what turned into me, you know, the public speaking, the consulting, the marketing agency, all of this stuff spun off from that kick that 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 kick in the gut moment. That's why I always say like every every negative brings a positive, man. It has to. And you know, you know, when you when you're going through the negativity or going through that 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 that, that hell, so to speak. You, you don't want to hear no one telling you anything, but something good's gonna come out of it. But you just gotta, you just gotta look for the good thing and then just, just flip it. Yeah, it's a very good point. All of those experiences, so many, you know, experiences happen to us, not or happen for us, not to us. I get that backwards sometimes because yeah. I'm dyslexic. dyslexic. <laughs> but those experiences happen for us, not to us, and it doesn't seem like it at the time, but. Uh, like you just said, but absolutely, uh, it, it definitely came out in the long run. And that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, I started this whole Men of Abundance community and this podcast is exactly that. Don't wait to do the things that you want to do. Realize no. that you have the capability yeah. within yourself to do it today. And because there's so many people out there, Michael, as you know, that they they waited their whole lives to do that, to do whatever it is that they wanted to do, to, to go help other people, to live this particular lifestyle, to live in this particular part of the world, only taking that to their grave and having never lived that because they were waiting on enough income, they were waiting on the right relationship, it was spring, it was too beautiful to do anything about it today, you know, whatever, it, it, you, the excuses go on and on. And we're just saying, guys, just... Just do it. Figure Let's out a go. way to do it and do it. So I dig it, and I love that story. And it doesn't have to be perfect, man. It doesn't have to be ugly. Because to be honest with you, it only, it only looks perfect like after it's done and, and the reporters are telling the story. Like they make it look like it's a man. <laughs> when the reporter writes about you and, and you read it, you go, man, yeah, that sounded like it was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it's not going to be perfect. There's the there's the clue. It's not going to be perfect. It's simply no. not. And even when you're up on stage, and you mess up one of your, uh, you know, one of your speeches, and you say something wrong, you know you said something wrong, or incorrect, right. or told your own story incorrectly. But nobody else knows that. So no. just keep on rolling, man. And you've got a lot of them. And I'm going to share some of your videos in the show notes at Men of Abundance. One of the guys, one of the stories I'm going to share, because we don't have the time to get into it right now, but you're going to want to go watch this video where Michael is talking about fear and overcoming fear. And he tells a story about his mom. And he was just talking about his mom. And I can understand why he gets choked up about that, because of the story shows truly what love is and what it means to care for your family. She overcame a fear that most will never overcome, and she overcame the fear and made it for her occupation. Uh, and I'm going to leave it at that because I want you guys to go watch the video because it's simply amazing. So, Michael, listen, man, Mr. Stinky Cakes, <laughs> how the story came about uh, is out there. I've I've seen it. I've read it. Um, but I want you to tell your perspective about how, what is Mr. Stinky Cakes? How did that get started? And then you already kind of talked about how it rolled into what you're doing now and helping so many men and women around the world uh, through your experiences in entrepreneurship. But let's, let's learn a little bit more about Mr. Stinky Cakes. Yeah, so, so that, <laughs> what Mr. Stinky Cakes, it, it really came about from the baby gift company. My wife and I started um, Stinky Cakes in. The reason we started a baby gift company, like we weren't set out to start a baby gift company. So 
after we had our second son, like, we literally just wanted diapers, and no one was willing to give us diapers. And, and I'm like, but you guys know every baby needs diapers. What I, what I, didn't, what I didn't realize at the time was that gift-giving is a two-way street. And so even though if you give someone a box of diapers, you know they're going to love it and, and use them, like, you just feel like you just gave someone a box of diapers. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so I became obsessed with solving that problem. Like, I need to make gift-giving, I mean, diaper-giving fun. And I need to make it a, 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 a cool gifting experience. And um, long story short, man, we took disposable diapers and made them look like cakes. Um, and and we told the world about it. And people were like, no, this makes sense. And and it's the thing. Like, when we started that company, I, I thought we had an original original thought. Like, first person ever to take, you know, disposable diapers and make them look like cakes. And that wasn't the case. But, like, what I, what I did think about was well you know apple this was an iphone was like new i was like well apple didn't invent the the cell phone or the telephone but they made the iphone so i'm like well it's gonna be the iphone or diapers that look like cakes and we ended up calling the company stinky cakes and you know and that that was all around the, the idea of making people laugh it was funny because my son was like two at the time and i used to change his diapers and my wife used to change the baby's diapers. And it just happened, timing. It just happened. He walked in one day and he was like, my wife and I were going over different names of the company. Um, and <laughs> he walks in and he goes, Dad, Dad, did stinkies. So I look at my wife and I go, what about stinky cakes? She started laughing. I started laughing. The stinky baby started laughing. So he's like, all right, we go. We going with stinky cakes. And then we just got, we just started marketing, man, and it it, it, it just it, it worked. It stuck. Like we still have people now. Like this, that's the baby gift they give. They give stinky cakes. That's what they do. If someone has a baby, they send stinky cakes. If 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 a client is pregnant of a baby bump, they send them stinky cakes instead of flowers or, or, or chocolate. You know what I mean? And, and and so they feel they feel good because they get to say, hey, I sent someone a stinky cake, and people think it's funny, and the person gets the diapers and they love it. Like I, in the, in my book, Launch and Stand Out, I talk about this one guy. What he, he he got he had bought this custom theme um Dr. Seuss stinky cake from us. I mean it was a huge old thing. And it was like two in the morning, right? So Wally is you know, two you you, you I don't know if you, you have kids, Wally? Oh yeah, I've got three. Absolutely. All right, perfect. Much, so picture this. Picture this. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, they're much older now, but um I was just thinking one of my wife's my wife's from Panama, so we always use cloth diapers. We just find it so much better and, and that's another reason why I really liked what you were doing. But go ahead. So okay, good. So you so you you'll get it. You'll get it. So pitch picture this. Two in the morning. I know you say you use cloth, but for this for this example you're not in cloth, all right? So so two in the morning and, and the babies your wives go, Oh my goodness, we we had a diapers. You just kind of missed it somehow. And uh, <laughs> you go, yeah, we got the, babe, we got the stinky cake in the baby's room. Just take a diaper out of there. <laughs> the wife goes, don't you touch my stinky cake. So two in the morning, the guy had to go out to find a local pharmacy to buy some diapers. <laughs> Because the wife didn't want to take the stinky cake apart, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, I can I can one hundred percent relate to that, without a doubt. How's how's the diaper guy run out of diapers, man? That just <laughs> this was this was one this was one this is one of our clients. Oh, he one of the sent, clients. He, 
Yeah, one of the clients, one of the clients, I ran it, I ran into him. He was a, he's an attorney. So he, that's why I said he had ordered this, you know, this big old custom Dr. Sue stinky cake mm-hmm. for his wife. At uh, two in the morning, man, she need, they needed diapers. And so, she sent, she, <laughs> so they got this big said, old stack of diapers and she wants to preserve the, the, the cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, oh my Lord. Now that right there, that would be a whole different, that's a whole different story right there. I'd be like, no, I'm taking one of those diapers. Well, no, then again, didn't. I'm telling you, I probably would end up at that store at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, some of our clients been because it's really like a, a, it's a piece of art, man. Yeah, it they, is. They love them. It is, and guys, I'm gonna have uh, pictures of these for sure uh, up on the uh, up in the show notes at Men of Abundance. So make sure you go check these things out if you haven't checked them out before. And Michael, I had seen the cakes before. I had seen. Uh, you know, on Instagram and stuff like that. When I was looking around for various uh, gifts, or my wife was looking for gifts for um, for baby showers and whatnot, and I just thought that it was the most creative thing because I love creativity. But I never really, I didn't think much of it until I saw your story. Until uh, Greg had introduced us, and I thought, man, I've seen those before. That is really cool. But I didn't know if you had started the whole trend or not. But it was something that you guys just came up with, but was already out there in the world. Yeah, you know, that's what I tell people when it comes to entrepreneurship, man. Like, don't reinvent the wheel. Like, I, I, like, you know, license plate holders, right? Every car has a license plate. Go mark, find a fun way to market license plate, plate, plate holders. And people mm-hmm. will buy from you. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's so many. The ideas are everywhere. Like, ideas are everywhere. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, if you look at some of the most successful businesses in your city, all you got to do is drive down like the main street. You're gonna see restaurants. You're gonna see car, car stores. You're gonna see a barber shop. You're gonna see, you know, like these same mm-hmm. old boring businesses that's been there for the last 50 years. Those are the ones making the money. When you look at the businesses where people are like, "Oh, let's go and paint the sky pink," like, yeah, that sounds good, but no one wants a pink sky, so they never make money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, look at the, just open your eyes and look at the boring, boring businesses. Those are the ones making them. As a matter of fact, go to like the little industrial area in your, in your neighborhood, right? These businesses that you never heard of that are making like washers for satellites, right? They All they do all day is make washers, but they have like a $30 million contract a year to make washers for direct TV. Like just those are silly, little silly businesses. That's, those are making all the money in America. Like I, entrepreneurship and business is so boring though. Like, they have to sell the sexy tech stories and talk about the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Snapchats that makes a billion dollars for doing, you know, tech. But when you go to, like, if you ever go to, like, an Inc. Um, a Inc. 100 or Inc. 500 event, and most, you're going to have, like, a few tech companies that you heard of. Most of the companies you're going to, the, the, these fastest growing companies are companies you never heard of. And it's like, these, like, what, like wait a minute, wait a minute, what do you do? You you make the suction cups for 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 um for GPS holders, <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people were buying GPSs or, or you make you make the little button on the iPhone, yeah. Because it's like how many millions and billions of iPhones? Someone's got to make the button, right? <laughs> it's like it's silly stuff. Yeah, I absolutely love that you brought that up, and that's the, I was thinking about this earlier when you're you know initially talking about the other businesses that you've you know, help people get started and been involved in so many people, especially these days uh, in my circle. Anyway, let me just put it that way. 
there are so many people that are trying to start some sort of online business, whether it be software, some sort of an app, you know, coaching, you name it. And there's so many jobs out there. There's so many vocations out there that are just that the simplest little things uh, that are really making people maybe not six, seven figures, but they're, they got a damn good living. They're living well. Yeah. You know, and they're doing the simplest things that most people don't even consider doing. I mean, a plumber that owns his own business, think about this, two o'clock in the morning, try to call a plumber and and see how much you're going to pay a plumber to come over to unclog your toilet at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I mean, people don't want to do those jobs these days, but that's where the money's at, man. And that's that's where the freedom is at when you can have your own business. And now I wouldn't say it's freedom necessarily if you're the one getting up and at two o'clock in the morning to, to do that. But, you know, people are willing to pay for that and you can have employees to do that as well. Well, even if you start and think about that, though, if you if you got to get up at two o'clock in the morning and and your fee, for, you know, your your prime time fee is 500 bucks. Right. That's just to show up. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then there's a fifteen hundred dollar problem, right? And let's just say, so that's two grand, and let's just say you net, you you netting and profit a thousand dollars. Like most people don't make a thousand dollars a week. Exactly. Like most, you know what I mean? And that's just that was just from from two in the morning to nine thirty, right? So that person don't even work the rest of the day. Um, but then you, you you look at and then you look at doing you look at doing that. You know, once a week, you, you know, you, now you're netting like 50 grand just for pulling some hair out of a, a toilet at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You know what I, what, what I realize is happening? I think this, the, the, and I hopefully I'm correct with this, but I think like the next generation, because now they're starting to talk about these blue collar jobs again, right? Because it was so long, there's been a long stretch where like white collar jobs were just seem like that's the way to make money. Like I tell my, this is what I tell my sons. I say, you look at a problem. It's always going to be a problem and you figure out a solution to that problem and then sell that solution. Right. So like, as long as people have bathrooms, there's going to be clogged drains. Right. So if, if, if kids are smart today, you, you take the new technology technologies available to you. You take that old solution and you disrupt the industry. So if you look at Uber or if you look at, you know, let's just use Uber as an example. Like the taxi industry, the, the transportation industry has been around since horse and carriage, right? Or probably even before that. Like I would go as far back as horse and carriage. But no one's ever, no one's ever put an app to that so you could go, Hey, you need a horse and carriage at, at, at nine o'clock. All right. In this area, request one. Now the horse and carriage comes and it takes you to where you want to go. And the person that has that technology, they get paid. The person riding, driving the, the horse gets paid. And the person that wants to get from point A to point B in that horse and carriage got the ride. That's Uber. If Uber happened, you know, if the technology was available when, when, when people were taking horse and carriages. So like I like that that's a, that problem's not ever going away. People are always going to want rides places. So if if you feel like you have to be a part of the tech space, do it from this do it from a, a disruptive um, perspective where you're going to use technology to disrupt an old problem that's never going away. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to staying on that um, on that idea, even when there is somebody like you were saying earlier, there's somebody that's already doing what you want to do. Let's take a barbershop, for instance. We'll go between a barbershop and a jewelry store. You know, when you look around and if you look at like these strip malls and stuff, you might see two or three different barbershops. One's a hair salon, one's a barbershop, one's a, a barbershop for men. Uh, you know, but you'll see these clusters. You'll see clusters of jewelry stores. You'll see clusters of barber shops. You'll see clusters of coffee shops. And you wonder how can they all stay in business if they're all doing the same business in the same area? Well, that's a trend. They stay in the area because they know that's where the customers are coming to get that service, to get that product. And they have a choice. The only difference between most of them once in a while is a little price, a dollar here or there, whatever. But it's who they resonate with it's it's the type of people that they want to do business with and the people that don't want to do business with you are going to do business with the next door neighbor and back and forth it goes back and forth so i say don't let that intimidate you let that know that there's proof of concept people in that area want that service they want those products just go out there and be a little bit different it's not even that you have to be a whole lot better no competition is a Competition is a, is a key indicator of, of, of a successful market. Like when you look up and you see a Dunkin' Donuts and down the street you see a Starbucks, that's, that means you're right. A lot of people around there drink coffee. Some people some people like to uh, just grab their newspaper and their work boots and, and jeans and, 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 and uh, drink their coffee. And some people like to have their suit and tie on and sit down and lounge and drink their coffee. And that's mm-hmm. the difference between Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You go, you're going to attract a different target market. And, like, there's an, there's an abundance of opportunity for the prepared mind. So, like, whatever you see is what you get. If you see uh, opportunity, there's opportunity. If you see no room for opportunity, then, you know, you're not going to see it. I, it goes back to that old, old, old story when the shoe company sent a, a, a sales rep to the third world country. Uh, he gets there. And he's, he's, he's furious and he picks up the phone and he calls his, calls his superiors and go, you know, you, you guys sent me here to fail. No one here wears, no one here wears sneakers. I quit. This is the dumbest company ever. I don't want nothing to do with you guys. So the company sends another guy out. He gets it. He's excited. He's beyond excited. He said, he calls his superiors. Oh my goodness, guys, send me as many sneakers as possible. No one here wears sneakers. There's an abundance of opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So that guy goes on to become the top selling sneaker rep in the in the in the company because mm-hmm. he had a wide open market. Exactly. Right? So you see what you prepared to see. Yeah, absolutely love it, and I love that what you said that abundance is there for the prepared mind. Absolutely love that, and I'm going to be quoting that and tagging your name to it because I love it. So, man, you know, we've been talking for over 40 minutes already, and we I can just keep on going, man, but we got to get into the pay it forward round. Are you ready for that? Yes, I am. All right, man. So share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Number one is just go. Uh, number two is when you're about to go and your brain tells you, oh, we can't do that, tell your brain to shut up and watch me. And then number three is just believe in yourself, man, because – my whole mission is to get people to believe in themselves enough to take action. So that's it. Like, if you do those things, a lot, listen, you can't fail unless you stop. Right? So you mm-hmm. learn something, you implement it, you execute, you repeat, you succeed. 
is the process. That's how you learn to walk. That's how you learn to, learn to tie your shoes. That's how you learn. To do, that's how you did everything. It's a process. So go go start that process on something. Yep, do it over and over again. What daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Michael? To be honest, man, it goes back to just, just wait when I wake up, like my, like like how I started the show, man. Just being thankful I have another day to get to to to, to go to go um to go at it. Like when you when you when you start from a, a space of gratitude, understanding that the true gift is life itself, then then you just go because nothing else really matters, man. If you don't wake up, you know. <laughs> Everything you was planning on doing is, is irrelevant. If you wake up, you got a chance to go out and do it. So just go do it. Wonderful. So what are you reading or listening to now that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? So my, the book I always recommend to people to read is Think and Grow Rich. Mm. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Classic. Because I was introduced to that book maybe 15 years ago. But it's funny because my best friend from um, from from kindergarten days, we ended up going all the way up to, eight. actually, we graduated graduated school together. But he told me, like, when we were in, in preschool, he believes the lady had us listening to Thinking Grow Rich. And I was like, bro, I, I think you're crazy, but I believe you because for some reason, I know this stuff in this book and I don't know why. But that's like, a, it's a great book, man. It just, it, it helps you, it helps you move forward and it helps you understand, you know, thoughts and how thoughts become things and how you just move and you know it's a great book thinking we're rich it really is a great book and listen guys i say this i've said this a couple times many of these books that have the words wealth rich millionaire so many people won't pick them up because of their beliefs and their constraints about money and about being wealthy and about being rich and your definition of it Every single one of these books that I've ever personally picked up and read from many different authors, specifically this one, it's more about mindset. There's a lot of, you know, if you will, there's a lot of biblical terms and biblical knowledge that's in these books. And I believe that the books, the titles of these books are written like that to attract a certain group of people. But there are so many other people that need to pick up these books and read them because it really is about perseverance and adding value to other people's lives. I see that's what I see in these books, especially after I've read like Think and Grow Rich multiple times and have my kids reading them as well. So thanks for recommending that and thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, it's definitely a mindset book. Absolutely. Definitely a mindset book. Yeah. It's like it's like uh Jim Rohn said many times, you know, um don't strive to become a millionaire for the dollar figure. Strive to become a millionaire because of who you have to become along the way. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I know. I, I like that, and, and that's why I always say, like, even with all my students, like, I don't, I don't, I don't teach them how to make millions and billions of dollars, so to speak. I teach them how to take care of what they have to take care of, and then now, now that you, now, like my, like my best student, because like I, I put together this program called the Hundred Grand Plan, right? My best student that did that, she was a, a, a web designer and a, and a graphic artist, and she had this job in Atlanta. She was making fifty grand a year. So I said to her, okay, your first goal is let's get to 50 grand so so you know you could make this money independent of a job. She did that in a few months. And say, like, all right, good, you hit that. Now let's double it so you could so so we could see so you could see that you could take that extra 50 grand and now you'll be you have a $50,000 cushion so you could take a year off from this job if you wanted to. So she did that. So she said, "Mike, I did 100." 
And I said, so what are you going to do next? She said, I don't know. I got to talk to my husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so she, she comes back and she said, Mike, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go for it. Because and this is all timing. Because she was still a little fearful with this. But the job was downsizing and they was gonna, actually going to let someone else go. And she said, no, no, let me go. Um, I'll be okay. Because uh, there's another person in the family, too. So she, was like, she wasn't thinking about herself. She was thinking about the other person. So from that time, she ended up. With maybe like six, seven months later, she jumped up to two hundred fifty thousand because she was just able to focus all her time on her business. So like now she's got this; she's printing money now. Now she's getting like ten thousand dollars clients. Like, and she has this 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 lady. She went from a, from the point from being like afraid to collect her money, not like the thousand percent afraid, but like afraid to collect her money and wasn't charging what she's worth. So now she is confidently is getting ten thousand dollars design clients. But it was all the process because, like I said, more than the money is the mindset. And, and, and you know, having someone to, um, there to walk you through this stuff makes it so much better because confidence is everything, man. And, you know, but it's kind of it's kind of cool that she was able to rock the hundred grand plan to, to, to crush that. And she did it in, within a year. So it's kind of it's cool. I, I, saw, I love my approach to, to entrepreneurship. I always tell people, like, if I ever wanted to slam people in my programs, you know, I you you, you 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 get the fancy video with the fancy car and the fancy mansion, and then you brag mm-hmm. about what you get, and you know what I mean. And people go, "Oh, I want to do that," but you're not gonna get the you're not gonna get those people that are gonna grind it out. And as you know, entrepreneurship and business—I don't care how big or small a budget you have, but they say you have a huge budget. It's not all about the money because if it was about you know just having a, a, an abundance of money to run a business, all of these tech companies and all these companies that get that, that do these large um, funding rounds. They go belly up. That that proves that it's not just the money. It's, there's so much more behind it other than just the money. And I like just showing people the nuts and bolts, the boring stuff of business, man. Like, so I, I believe in helping people build stuff that, that, that they can hand down to their kids and their kids can hand down to their kids. Yeah, Legacy absolutely. You've said it multiple times, man. Business, when it's successful, it's doing the boring stuff over and over and over again. And most people just won't do that. They're thinking it can't be this simple. It, this is just boring me, but hey, you know what? That's what that's what makes a successful business successful for long term is just doing the same stuff over and over and over again, sticking to the basics, man. That's it. I love it. So, what do you feel? I think I know. I think I know your answer to this question after watching some of your videos and reading some of your stuff. But I'm gonna ask it anyway because I want the guys to know. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Four letters, man. <laughs> Four letters. F-E-A-R, brother. Yep. Fear, man. Fear kills more dreams than lack of resources ever will. Fear they, they, fear of the unknown, man. Fear of losing. Fear of death. Fear of, you know, it's fear of everything. Like, like you know what people really fear the most, I believe? People fear what other people think of them more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yep. Like, I think that's the deadliest fear in the world. What other people think. And, and like... That's, you know, going back to that ICU moment, talking about the, the, the kick in the gut, the punch in the gut moment. Like, I, I realize that, not that only 10 people care about me, but I know for sure, for fact, if if I was to if I was to die in an ICU, I know for sure 10 people's life would never been the same. And every day they would think about me and miss me every day. And those are the 10 people that came to see me when I was when I was in there. So it was my it was my wife, my two sons, my mom. Her husband, my sister, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and two of my friends. Those are the ten people that were there, right? So, like, 
if I'm doing something and any of those 10 people have a problem with it, I stop. I, at least I evaluate. If anybody else does, I go, well, you know what? If I, if, if I, was, if I was in here, you wouldn't even care what I was doing anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I, I feel like if I have to care about someone else's opinion, man, is those, is those 10 people, everybody else. Not that I don't respect other people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I, I, to influence, influence me or make me like stop or become fearful it's got to be one of those 10 and those 10 people know i'm crazy so they they like here's here goes mike being mike again (laughs) yeah 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 guys quit quit worrying about what other people are thinking about you man because you know what you're thinking that they're thinking about you and chances are they're not they're thinking about their own issues man they're not thinking about you it's true cool so what does living a life of abundance mean to you michael man to be honest bro is all about family man being able to do stuff with your family and time freedom more than anything else having time like you know like a lot of people think it's money but it's not money because because like like i i know a lot of i know a lot of sad millionaires i know a couple i know a couple lonely billionaires these say and that's the thing this this is why i always challenge people like what you think you want to be Go hang with some people like that. Mm-hmm. Go, you know, go see what that really is. Because you may realize that like, you really got a good life already. So abundance is, to me, man, is time and being able to spend time with people that you want to be around whenever you want. Um, abundance is being able to help your community. Uh, abundance is being able to be free and appreciate life, man. Abundance is happiness. You know, it's in all these all these things that that life affords you to, to, to indulge in, 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 in with people that you want. So in a nutshell, it's time, it's, it's people, it's love, it's happiness. That's abundance to me. Outstanding. Outstanding. Michael, we are going to have your websites, mrstinkycakes.com, and we're going to have uh, launchandstandout.com. You've got your book out there. We're going to have all that stuff linked up in the show notes, but before I let you go, what did we not talk about today that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation? Man, really, man, you know, to be honest, I think we covered a lot. We I, did. I just want people, I just want people, everyone listening, man, whatever it is you're going to do, go out and do it, man. And, and, you know, along the way, help as many people as you can, because at the end of the day, man, like you got to look at yourself when it's said and done, when it's over, like, what will people say about you? Like, Will they say, oh, yeah, Mike Conley was this guy that made a lot of money? That Okay, so what? They're going to fight over the money when you're gone. Like, what are they going to say about you? Like, I, you know, just think about that. I wanted to say, you know, Mike was a good guy, man. He, he helped a lot of people. He, he helped a lot of kids. He, 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 was a, he, he loved his wife. He, tr- he treated his kids right. He treated his community right. He, any way he could help someone else. Like, Think about that. What, what do you want people to say about you when you're gone? And then and then live every day to make that story true. Love it. I love it. Thanks so much for your time, man. I love your stories. Uh, you're definitely a, a true showman and uh, and a really, really amazing business person and just a great guy. I absolutely love this conversation. I look forward to uh, carrying on our personal relationship uh, beyond the show, beyond the podcast. And I look forward to, you know, helping you out in any way that I can and collaborating in any way in the future. Likewise, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. Keep up the good work. 
we need way more positivity in the world, man. So I appreciate what you're doing. And anything I can do to help you, just, you know, always reach out to me on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, wherever you want to. I think we definitely connected on Facebook, but just more yeah. for your audience, too. Like, if, if if I said anything today to impact you and you want to talk more, man, reach out to me, Michael Connolly on Oh, Mr. Stinky Cakes on anything, you know, and I, I, I'm always, always here to listen. But Absolutely. Wally, yeah, like I was saying, man, anything you want, just let me know, man. I'm a message away or email away. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Aloha. Aloha. All right, guys, I got a lot out of that conversation, and I'm sure you did too. But one of the things that really stands out was what Michael said and when we had the conversation about keeping it simple, basically keeping it boring. And this is true whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee, whether you're working for somebody else. You know, there are many vocations out there, many jobs that are very well paying. And they're probably never going to make you a million dollars. They may never even make you six figures. But the bottom line is this. If you enjoy what you're doing, you're adding value to people, and you're able to spend time with your family and do the things that you want to do in life, aside of having the oversized mansion with all the rooms and the Lamborghinis and all this kind of stuff, you know, that kind of stuff really does not bring you happiness. I've talked to many, many multimillionaires who have said, yeah, I've got the toys. I've had the toys. It does not ultimately where the happiness came from. The happiness came from adding value to other people. Those things are cool. Don't get me wrong. I dig it too. But when it comes down to it, enjoy what you have today in your family. Enjoy what you have today and the things that you're able to do, that you're able to travel, that you're able to just enjoy your time and enjoy your day and your ability to add value to others. That's where, that's where the true happiness comes from. Once you figure that out, once I figured that out, then I was completely free completely free and so much more started coming into my life as a result of that mentality as a result of the abundance mentality and realizing how much I have and then started paying it forward that just multiplied it I've got so many stories personally over the last four years that truly proves to me and I would hope to you that living a life of abundance and paying it forward has nothing to do with the six and seven figure income and all of the toys and all of the other stuff that comes with that. The true value, the true happiness comes from adding value to other people. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.